Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. How's it going, Derek? It's going fantastic. What's new? What's happening? Well, you know, it's, it's uh, a whole point to get some more camping in before spring comes, but we'll see what happens uh, there. COVID happening. Mm-hmm. Fourth wave, they're Fourth saying. Wave. Might be another lockdown. I'll believe it when I see it. I'm still planning my trips. <laughs> I don't care. I might I might be going out first week of May. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Where? Yeah. Not sure yet. Can't go to Algonquin. Mm. <laughs> it's closed. <laughs> <laughs> that means nobody's there to find me. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. I mean, it depends on what happens. Yeah. Uh, could be. It, it'll probably be somewhere closest. I got a, some Crown people land or something. Yeah. Why don't we just go out for a weekend uh, overnight mm-hmm. or something? Um, found something out. Did you? Yeah. You need to stop at Popeye's and buy chicken and then okay. stop at KFC and get the sides. Oh, really? We had Popeye's. And yeah. got sides from KFC? No. No, we got sides from Popeye. I'm not too big on it. Oh, yeah? I like their chicken, though. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's the best thing that's happened to me all week. <laughs> that's a highlight. <laughs> that was a highlight of my week. Yeah, Popeye's chicken. And that was today. <laughs> that's sad. I think I've had Popeye's once in my life. No, we've had it. We have health and safety meetings at work. And oh, we'll order in like Swiss yeah, Chalet yeah. or Subs or Popeye's chicken and stuff like that. But yeah, I've never been big on their sides. Huh. But so I think that's it. We'll get the chicken from Popeye's, <laughs> swing by KF, KF Popeye's. <laughs> there you so go. We're having for that one. <laughs> um, let's get on with this week because, yeah, nothing's been happening um, realistically. There's, we're all in holding patterns again, but. Uh, exactly. So we're, we're, oh, I will say though. Mm hmm. Just get ready for camping season. If you are not out buying your freeze-dried meals and your little fuel cylinders and everything now. Don't tell them now. I haven't got my stuff yet. Then you're going to be a Derek. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be a Derek. (laughs) I've got so many freeze-dried meals stashed away in a drawer in my my basement. I got one of these big white tubs filled. Mine would fill one of those tubs. Yeah, Yeah. mine are all... (laughs) <laughs> Here's there's a paper inside going this many of this meal this many of this meal this many yeah. of this meal divided by breakfast lunch dinners extras yeah. and I always and marveled at the expiry dates. Hmm, this is good till 2028. Yeah, <laughs> and in 2029 <laughs> I'll eat them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, if you have not been out buying all this stuff yet in preparation for when everything opens, because you know there's all the last minute people are just gonna flock in all the stores. Yeah. Go now. And, and you know what's going to be crazy? Like the the, the, the bookings at Ontario Provincial Parks are up 100%. Uh, they're already, there's already a shortage of canoes and equipment and, and gear and stuff like that. There's just a huge run on it. It's uh, used canoes are selling for almost the price of new canoes. Oh, I've seen some of it's, the ads. It's insane. So yeah. it's uh, it's one of those things. If, uh, if our listeners want to be prepared for this year, this season being on the water, then uh, you got to... <laughs> you should have already been out. You should yeah. already been out getting your stuff. Yeah. And uh, we're not going to get fully into this, but the, have you heard about the selling campsite scams that are going on? Yeah. I read that story. It was, it was David Bain was uh, uh, It's been around a few people. Yeah. 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 Remember the good old days with scalpers, tickets, who needs tickets? Yeah, get your t- I know. Campsites, who needs campsites? I get know. your campsites. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. So one of the places... We've talked about before going, mm-hmm. uh, Scott Robinson from Man Camping went last year. Last year. Yeah, last year. Was it just last? I think it was last year, the year before. I want to say it was last year. Mm-hmm. Quetico Provincial Park. Yes. I've always wanted to go. It's just, it's so far away. Ah, it's 
not that far away. <laughs> You're just a day driver. If well, no. If if it was me and my wife going, it would be fine. Or if it was just me going, it'd be fine. But to do an 18-hour drive with a seven and a ten-year-old, it would have to be three days, right? I'd have no. to do. I have to do three six-hour driving days. The kids would not. I, I going anywhere's like it's five minutes into any trip. It could be a half hour. It could be whatever. Beckett is like, how much further? It's like we just got on the road. <laughs> Eight days, my boy. You got to train them and train them early. That's what I'm saying. So if you've been on the internet lately, um, you've seen the Quetico Portage Challenge. I've seen it. From the Quetico Foundation. Well, we're lucky enough today to have with us Louisa Murcharski. Did I say that right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) See that? I got it. All right. I'm just going to call her Louisa from now on. Yes. (laughs) Uh, How's it going, Louisa? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. You are the communication chair with the Quetico Foundation. That is correct. So... We see these things come out, these little uh, events come out saying, hey, you know, do this challenge, do that challenge. Um, And right now you guys are doing the Quetico Portage Challenge. So first off, tell us about the Quetico Foundation. What exactly is the Quetico Foundation? Okay. Um, Well, I'll give you a little bit of maybe just a little bit of background on the park itself. So the uh, park was established um, as a forest reserve in 1909, and then later declared it as a provincial park in 1913. Um, and it was the third provincial park after Algonquin and Rondo. Oh. And the foundation itself um, has sort of evolved um, from a Canadian Quetico Superior Committee that was established in 1949, um, and then evolved into um, the Quetico Foundation in 1954. And what we really do is our main mission is to preserve the wilderness of the Quetico uh, of Quetico. Okay, so you're just dealing, but you're not actually in the park, though. You just deal with the park. Uh, that's correct. So uh, we have a number of programs and services that we offer through um, through the foundation, um, and help support the park um, on the ground. Okay. So what are some of these uh, programs that you guys do? Yeah, so um, one of the main ones that a lot of people don't know is that we offer the Summer Student uh, Research Program and uh, we help um, fund uh, master students, PhD students um, in doing some of their research work um, that is directly um, involved with Quetico. So if they're looking to do a master's thesis, they can uh, submit a proposal and uh, we will uh, review them. And um, currently we actually are... Um, in a collaboration program with Lakehead University that's doing a study in Quetico. Um, Another one is the biology internship program. So every year we employ one postgraduate student um, to assist the park biologist with some crucial biology research. So in the past they've done things like um, work with invasive species, species at risk, uh, bear activity, um, the red pine, uh, tree health and I guess much more. Um, what else? How do we do? Um, we also have the a burst, a memorial bursary um, that's available for students who are going to be um, going to 
post-secondary education with environmental bio or biological related studies. Right. Um, and that is for students for, from Atacokan and Lac Lacroix um, high schools. We also help support the library that's within Quetico. And um, it's one of the largest um, libraries of, I guess, any kind, if you're looking for um, research on Quetico, Quetico's history um, in and around the area. Um, if you're looking for old maps, I know that currently staff is working on digitizing um, oral histories that have been taken. Um, so there's a number of great projects that are happening. That's cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think just last year we um, also helped fund um, the Red Pine display that's going to be, um, that's actually being constructed right now and hopefully will be ready for the spring. Um, so history of the Red Pine and the importance of forest fires and so forth. Yeah. So is there like a visitor center there that you, you can, the library and everything is at that you can easily yeah. find there? Yeah, so um, on Dawson Trail there there's a, quite a large uh, visitor center um, that has the library and the display there as well and we also help um, uh, we also run the artist in residence program so each year we um, artists can submit applications and we will uh, pay for their I think one week stay at the park uh, where they get to create the art and then they have an actual display at the visitor ce visitor center. It's it's amazing that there's it's uh like I've knew known of the park, but I had no idea that there's so much that uh, that the park does. Just like how do people find out about these uh, opportunities to work with the park or in the park, either research or or whatever? Is it just is it on your website or how do people find out about it? Uh, yeah, so all the information is on the Quetico Foundation website in regards to the bursary or the artist in residence program, as well as the research in the park. And um, also, if you were to contact the park itself, they would be able to give you that information as well. You guys are QueticoFoundation.org. Yes, we also have an Instagram page and a Facebook page. Okay. So, I mean, when it comes to Quetico Park, the most, I think the majority of people that don't go there are, yeah, it's like critical one side, boundary waters, the other side, and it's way far away. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but you guys are doing the critical portage challenge right now. Yeah. So go a bit into what that is. Well... I guess what I wanted to do is raise the profile of the foundation and all the amazing work that we're doing um, in collaboration with the park. And I wanted to get um, people's attention. And I thought, um, what best way to get someone's attention when you see people portaging their canoes through cities, downtown, say Toronto, downtown London, Ontario, um, through your neighborhood. Um, I've started my portages um, two and a half weeks ago now, and every time I take my canoe, um, I get stopped by somebody <laughs> that says, uh, are we missing something? Is there a reason why you're walking around with a canoe? Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to raise awareness and as well help fundraise for the foundation. Um, so the idea came with, um, you know, portage, snap and share. Um, and we're encouraging paddlers and anyone who enjoys being out in nature to take part, excuse me, to take part in this. Uh, so what you need to do is 
Uh, pick, a, pick a portage. I know that on the website we said portage route. There aren't portage routes per se in Quetico. There's 587 portages that you can choose from, but there isn't a designated route of any kind. Right. Um, and the portages are actually, um, I was really surprised when the park staff told me that half of those portages are less than 400 meters, which really isn't that long. No, not at all. And so quite doable. Um, and so you would choose your portage, um, say 400 meters. Um, you would take a picture video, you'd share it on social media using the hashtag Aquatico Portage Challenge and um, help us raise awareness, uh, hopefully some fundraising. And there's some great prizes that we've had a number of sponsors donate um, for the longest portage, the most honest portage uh, the silliest portage, and uh, we also chose the People's Choice to see how many shares or likes, um, which portage, I guess, took social media by storm. Okay. I know I saw Kevin Callan posted a video. Yes. Um, he, he portaged down. Now, the thing with Kevin is his driveway is actually part of an old portage route. Yes. An old native portage route. So he actually portaged down his driveway, and, and down, I, I don't know, he, I was getting winded just watching him shoot that video. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if you go to, when you go to, go to QuetticoFoundation.org, the front page there, um, a little thing comes right up. Uh, somebody's portaging a backcountry custom canoe by the looks of it um, down the street. And there's a little thing that pops up, says, learn more. If you click on that and then you can go in and follow, it says learn more about portage, picking a portage. And if you click yes. that, it shows a whole list of portages. And yeah, a lot of them are like less than 700 kilometers, uh, 700, sorry, meters. <laughs> They're all under <laughs> 700 kilometers. Uh, the biggest one being what, 31, um, like three, 3.1 kilometers. Yeah. Uh, that was the one I was trying to get Derek to do. <laughs> yes. Go for it, Derek. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah, you can do it. <laughs> as, as I said to Sean, it's it's not so much of a Derek can do it. It's is does Derek want to do it? <laughs> I say you should do it. I'll be there cheering we'll you on. We'll go together. We'll do it together. We'll do it together. You carry the canoe, and I'll cheer you on. <laughs> I'll video you doing it. <laughs> Someone's got to take pictures. <laughs> to get started to get in shape for your all these backcountry trips you're planning on doing yeah see absolutely yeah, part of the training <laughs> eating all the cheese balls yeah. isn't helping yes exactly and the kfc what was it what uh, did you call oh them? yeah the chaos the kfc well, um uh oh popeye's chicken yeah yeah kf popeye kf popeye yeah um so yeah, basically, so what you're saying is you pick one of these routes and just take your canoe around your neighborhood or wherever and do the approximate same distance, mm. um, take picture, video, post it with the hashtag Quetico Portage Challenge and uh, throw it up there and donate some money. Now, yeah. to donate the money, how do we donate the money? Yeah, right on the website, there's a button that says donate and you can um, donate online through Canada Helps. Um, and when you make the donation, um, it will automatically 
come to us and we will send you a tax receipt. Awesome. This sounds fun, Derek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should definitely do it. Look at all the sponsors. There's a lot of sponsors. Algonquin Outfitters is one of the sponsors, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah. yeah, we have a gift card from them. The Canadian Canoe Museum is also uh, providing us with a gift card. And um, yeah, there's a, a whole a whole list of them on the website. And if you, one of the things I noticed on your site here is, is you can become a monthly donor as well. So if you're, if you're into, you know, uh, those people that are a lot closer to Quetico and Paddle, there are a lot more. You can become a monthly donor and, and help with you guys and everything you guys do, which is pretty cool. And you do a lot. It's yeah. amazing. Like it's, like I, I didn't realize that uh, there was so many things that are, is supported by the Quetico Foundation. It was uh, when you listed them all off, like I had read a few of them on the website and stuff, but it's like, holy cow, you, you listed off a lot more than I thought there was. It's a busy yeah. foundation. Yeah. Um, and actually, um, in the last, we weren't able to uh, partner up with Project Canoe Lash here because of COVID, but uh, previous year, uh, we have sponsored uh, a group from Project Canoe to go up to um, Quetico to do a backcountry trip as well. So, oh, that's cool. Um, hmm. Yeah. Making sure that we get the youth involved so that they get hooked on um, backcountry trips and uh, hopefully get hooked on uh, Puerto and remember it as as the the place to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I say, the I think the only thing that stops a lot of people like Derek and myself from going is the distance. Because when you're talking like a 17-hour, 18-hour drive. Yeah. It's, a, it's quite a commitment. That, I mean, that's yeah. a day on each side. So if you've got a week off... All of a sudden, your seven-day trip is yeah. now you'd have to five make it a, days. You'd have to make it a two-week trip. Yeah, coming from here, then GTA or from east of the G- G- GTA. Uh, I, I'm wondering, like, how what's the range of a float of a float plane? <laughs> 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 I don't know if a float plane could fly that far on one tank. <laughs> well, right across the uh, Great Lakes, it would. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. What are they going to do if I they mean, run out of gas? <laughs> you could fly into Thunder Bay, rent a car and a canoe, and uh, do that trip that way. Oh, as there's well. that, yeah. Post COVID. There is COVID, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then your kids wouldn't be going, "How far, Dad? How far?" Because they would be they're on a plane. They'd be on a plane, or take a train. See, there's ways to get there, yes. buddy. Fun. I'll ways. meet you there because I'm just driving. <laughs> I'm like that. I'll hop in and go. Uh, I do know, I did notice the one on your website, I mean, when you're talking about the um, biology and stuff in Lakehead University, that you do have the one uh, study going on and they're studying the invasive spiny water flea. Yeah. So, um, you know, like stuff like that is important that we know all this stuff. It's like when we, I did my, my trip there last summer and we came across the invasive uh, species, that plant. It's like, you know what, everything is out there. It needs to be figured out and uh, studied so that it can be halted. Uh, the other thing is Quetico is now designated a international dark, what do they call it? Dark, oh, sky. dark sky. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um, that just shows you how dark it is up there. Um Especially at night, which is great if you're into the astronomy and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? Seeing nice days. I, I when I was up in Woodland Caribou, that was one of the big things. Is just all the stars, yeah. right? And you get these dark sky parks now. 
mm-hmm. that are just like phenomenal. And it's it's one of those things that's uh, like anywhere you go, like yeah, you'd have to go deep in Algonquin. But like last fall, I was up in Tomogamy, and and we were pointing out glows on the horizon where the city lights were even in tomogamy it was like oh mm-hmm. i wonder what city that is you know you see this giant glow on the horizon in the middle of the night and there's just so much light pollution so it's uh it's just to kind of go show that you're you are so far from from you know lights and so on that they can declare it a dark sky uh, location it's uh so it's it's kind of that neat thing you, you want to bring a telescope with you on your uh either on your trip or just be able to lay on a rock at night and view the sky and the constellations and it's uh well realistically the portages aren't that long you could take a telescope yeah you could yeah absolutely yeah but you're carrying it (laughs) 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 so yeah you guys are you do the fundraisers uh the park and and different groups benefit from from all of that so i definitely think it's important that people get out there and do this uh, hashtag Quetico Portage Challenge. Pick up your canoe and uh, we're going to post stuff on our website or our Facebook page that uh, points to your to the Quetico Foundation page and all the uh, information on how to donate, how to get your canoe or which portages to follow, that sort of stuff. But you're going to do the Memory Lane Portage. 3,119 meters, buddy. <laughs> That's yours. That's, That's one we're, portage? We're going to change it to Derek's Portage. <laughs> That's when you're going for. Uh, is there anything else you want to add, uh, Louisa, about the foundation? I think we covered uh, pretty much everything. Just um, that we've been around since 1960. I can't remember now. 1954. <laughs> 54. <laughs> yeah, 54. Um, 54. And um, we we definitely try to um, help everyone um, at the Quetico Provincial Park and we support some really great programs. So we are hoping that uh, you see value in that and that you take part in the Quetico Portage Challenge. Awesome. Uh, Let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Louisa about her personal um, tripping experience in Quetico because you did your first trip up there this year, last year. Last year, yes, yes, I did. Yeah. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Sean Rowley, and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So, Louisa, we are going to now talk about you going to Quetico. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, sir. First, we'll give a couple little things here. Quetico created in 1913, 
5,000 square kilometers with about 1,400 kilometers of canoe routes, 500 lakes. Uh, the border runs between it and the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness in the United States. Uh, we'll talk about the border here because we've had questions about that. <laughs> <laughs> there is car camping and a couple of roof accommodations, but it's not like we would, everybody thinks um, when we talk Algonquin, they have cabins and that, that you can go to throughout the Algonquin Park. There's sounds like these ones are just at the uh, car camping places. Uh, four, if I'm not mistaken, points of entry. Five, if you consider coming across the border from the States. Uh, I'm not sure whether they allow that booking to cross between Boundary Waters and Quetico um, when the borders are open. Yeah. You'd have, to, you'd have to find out from the park, I imagine, for that. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine, no, you can't. Especially especially now yeah. with COVID, you, there's no, no no border crossings. Yeah. But even without COVID, it's uh, it's an uncontrolled border. It's uh, But if it's part of your route or, you're, you know, those, say you're on the Canadian side. Mm-hmm. And the lake takes you across. And the lake across. takes you. Because, I mean, if you look at the map, there's some big lakes here where the... Um, well, it Florida does. goes right through, yeah, right? Yeah, so it's a follows a chain of lakes. So if you look at like Knife Lake, if Knife Lake is on your route, you could zigzag back and forth. <laughs> and if you've got that spot unit <laughs> tracking. Yeah. <laughs> the CIA is probably trying to fall on your track. The FBI's got you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, there's a joint operation to haul your butt out of there. <laughs> Some of these lakes are huge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fishing, lake trout, walleye, bass, and pike, no organic bait or barbed hooks allowed. So no worms, no minnows, no barbed hooks, got to pinch off the barbs, all artificial bait. No portage and campsite signage. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to, uh, Scott Robinson, mancamping.ca, and he was saying the Quetico map even says... Our ancestors made their way through here without signs, and so can you. <laughs> <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> I hope so. You know, that was one of the big things. I mean, going from uh, portaging uh, when I started all this uh, in Algonquin Park. Well, it, Everything's port- spelled out yeah. for you. It's all spelled out. The portages look like the, it's the 401, I mean, like mm-hmm. a Trans-Canada Highway type thing. There's so much traffic on them that they're they're beaten down, well-marked. You can't really get lost on them. Yeah. And, and then you could go to some of these Northern lakes and Northern parks and like Lady Evelyn and, and it's like they're starting to be a little bit sparse, a little bit overgrown and Yeah, that's when you really start getting into that sort of, Woodland Caribou is, there'll be a little pile of rocks. Yeah. Or an old blaze on a tree to mark the portages and sites and stuff like that. And that's sort of the same. Uh, here there should be some, if you're lucky, some flagging tape. Your, your map game has to be on, on, on point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of people say, don't just take a GPS or something like that because you, electronics do fail. Yes. You need to know your map reading. Make, make sure you've got a map and compass. Uh, the portage upkeep. Um, how did you find the portages when you were there, Louisa? Um, so we didn't really go that deep into the park, but I know that the portages are maintained on a schedule. Um, So they do have crews that go around to maintain uh, the portages and some of them uh, are maintained once a year and um, I think they're once a year and every three or five years. 
Okay. Um, so depending on which one you are going to be sort of choosing and going through, but you can uh, call the park and um, when you're planning your trip, they'll sort of advise you based on your, you know, number of days you have, your, um, if you're a beginner paddler, your experience, uh, how long you want it to be in the park, um, sort of what is your motivation in being in the park, if you wanted to see, um um, pictographs or if you wanted to you know uh, specifically target walleye that they would tell you sort of which route to take oh that's good yeah that would help a big time yeah it would eh? they're going to point you in all the direction where there's no fish Derek <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh what were the campsites are you from I understand they're just a basic fire pit uh spot to place your tent so there's no no thunder boxes or anything like that the campsites are marked or not marked I'm assuming not marked so. No, the campsites aren't marked. Um, so um, there is a couple of resources online um, that I actually have that we actually have listed on our um, Quetico Foundation website. That will take you to sort of. Um, there's two websites that actually sort of let you know where some of the campsites are, so you have general general idea where they are. But as you're paddling through, um, I don't know. I feel like some the campsites were fairly easy to find. You, you sort of just be like. A lot of trees and an open space and you sort of feel like that might be it and um i i would say nine out of ten we were right so if there's a fire pit it's a campsite yeah and <laughs> yeah. if it's not and if it's not you can still camp there okay so if you if you're on a lake where there's no i guess designated campsite you can still just find make a, a campsite there yeah find as, long, a, as long as you yeah. follow all the rules yeah yeah Hmm. Uh, and again, being a little bit out there, it wouldn't be like an Algonquin, because if that were sort of deal in Algonquin Park, yeah. it'd be trashed. <laughs> Absolutely trashed. Yeah. It'd be clear cutting straight across. <laughs> when you first arrive there to the visitor center, they'll ask you if it's your first time in Quetico or not. And being that it was our first trip there, uh, me and the kids, um, they were following COVID protocol. Um, they took us outside, they went through, and they excuse me, they actually do like a 10 minute presentation on do's and don'ts and um, do's and don'ts in the park and things that you should watch out for. Um, Quetico is really known for its glorious storms, but uh, with that, there's sort of um, lightning um, and not getting trapped on the water while the storm is happening. So they, they go through everything. They're very thorough. Wow. So mm -hmm. the visitor center, it's at, uh, what's the name of the Dawson, Dawson Trail? Is it on that road? Dawson Trail, So yeah. it's way down at the end of the road towards the Pines Hiking Trail? Yeah. Okay. So I'm just, I'm just going over a map now trying to figure out, there's, there's, looks like there's a couple of parks, campsites and so mm -hmm. on. There's uh, some outfitters, Chippewa Cabin. So it's, it's a, it's a heavier used area, but that looks like it's the only real entrance, is it? No, I mean, there's 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 a few of them around. Is the park. there? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you you went last year on a canoe trip with your yeah. your your with your kids. Uh, so run us through how did how did you like Quetico and why did you go? Yeah, like for for example, uh, one of my questions would be: so I, I've always wanted to go to Quetico. Um, so <laughs> tell me something that would make me want to pile a seven to ten year old into a car and drive 18 hours to, to get to Quetico. <laughs> Sell me on it. 
I'm going to try my best. <laughs> um, well, this is like that's like a like a seven part question there. Um, <laughs> so I started uh, backcountry camping with the kids. Now I would say four or five years ago, um, we have uh, one boat um, that uh, Moon Shadow, and it's a 17 foot Scott Tripper, um, and um, it's uh, it's taken us through do many different adventures and um, I applied for a volunteer position to sit on the Quetico Foundation board um, a couple of years ago and once I was sitting on the board I really wanted to um, go to this magical place that everybody was talking about and it really helped um, it'll really help to see something with your own eyes when you're trying to advocate for it um, because you've been there and you've had the experiences and you yourself know why it's special even though others will tell you that, you know, Quetico needs to be, be on your list until, until you've actually been there and experienced it. Um, it's just somebody else's word, right? Right. Um, right. The trip itself, um, so you're right. Uh, we ended up doing, I think, a nine-day trip, and we drove um, two days. Yeah, it took us two days to get, I, we took a break in between and then two days back, but I sort of sold it to my kids as a road trip, as an adventure of the um, north uh, of Lake Superior. So the first, um, uh, yes, we go into the car, we got in the car, all the electronics were on, everybody was focused on their electronics and the downloaded Netflix movies. Um, we first night we stayed was at um, Lake Superior Provincial Park, where we had the most gorgeous moonrise. It was a full moon with the reflection on the lake. Um, and it was the kids that noticed it, that uh, we were actually car camping. And the kids came up running saying, you need to come check this out, mom. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, so we got to see that and we continued on our trip. So their first night, we actually stayed at uh, French Lake um, Dawson Campground um, for the night. And um Again, I had a little bit of chance to sort of explore and figure out where the where we would be actually taking, um, where we would be parking a car and getting ready for the trip. We had a, um, I think it was Quetico Superior. Um, we've arranged for them to come and pick us up and drop us off at Nays Lake. Right. And uh, we planned, it was going to be a five-day trip with four nights. Uh, so we were going to enter in through Nays, um, paddle through with one, really, we only did one portage um, into Bachawan Lake. Uh, we stayed on an island campsite right there. Um, one of the first ones you can sort of see as you, uh, as you finish the portage. And it was incredible um, with the time change, as you know that they're on a different time change. Yes. Um, they're one hour back. So... We were in the middle of this huge lake with um, super calm water. It was a super calm night. And to our west was the sun setting, and to the east, the moon was rising. And there was a time where both of them were sort of dancing in the sky together. And, I mean, you can sort of, I don't know about your kids, Derek, but my kids, They'll sit around the campfire for a little while and then everybody sort of goes off, does their own things, stumbles around the campground and comes back. But that night we just sat by the fire and watched in just in awe. It was spectacular. 
that's cool to get to see stuff like that. Yeah, amazing. It was. And so one thing that I did do is I didn't drag a telescope because nobody <laughs> wanted to carry it. <laughs> Um, our, our big canoe is actually 70 pounds and, uh, with all the gear for this actually particular trip, we ended up taking, um, my small skin on frame boat. And that meant that the kids would have to take turns, uh, solo paddling. Right. Which was, I don't know, like a rite of passage, I guess. Their first solo paddle in the heart of the wilderness was, um, it brought me to tears. I'm not sure who that brought them. <laughs> well, that's not true. It brought my daughter to tears at one point where she was like freaking out in the boat um, because it was so shallow. But um, but everyone sort of managed. So that was our first night. Um, second night, we stayed. We paddled through the Narrows um, into Pickerel Lake and stayed at a campsite. Again, another island campsite. Um, the reason for the island campsites is that we bring our dog with us. Oh, and, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And she kind of, she likes to run around. We don't, uh, if we're like on land, we'll always have her tied up. But if we're on an island and it's just us, she'll just get to run around uh, free. Right. So she, so she enjoys that. And it kind of eases the kids that we're on an island. Um, but uh, believe it or not, we were, we were woken up at like 6 a.m. to smallmouth bass rising. Oh, yeah. And, and there were, I actually have a recording and all you hear is their little bubbles as they're coming up. Um, that morning, I think my son caught 15. Whoa. And I would say probably they were massive. He's like, he was in, it was his fish heaven, um, <laughs> his personal best Momo fast. Um, but it was amazing to wake up to that sound to like, what is that? And you come outside and you, all you see is these smallmouth fast rising. It was incredible. Well, every fisherman's dream too, right? Getting out there first thing yeah. in the morning and casting a line. Amazing. Just, just don't repeat the name of the lake so that Derek doesn't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, um, I will do, make an X on the map for you. If you Perfect. Go. Perfect. I'm planning so, my trip. Um, I'm planning my trip right now. Just uh, listening to you describe the the route, the lakes, and uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm there. See, there you go. <laughs> What's that hard to sell? Well, it's it's you made it sound easier because uh, just I'm I'm as you were describing it, I'm following along. Uh, so I I found Lake Superior Provincial Park on the map. I see, oh yeah, that's about a halfway point, you know. And the routes along the way, like the road travels right along Lake Superior, so you'd see a good view of the lake. And uh, my kids do love to watch Netflix in the car, so that's an easy sell there. But uh, yeah, so it's just the, it's just some of the details. It's it's one of those things. It's uh, when you're unfamiliar with something, it's it just seems bigger than it actually is. And when you hear somebody describe it to you and say, "Well, it doesn't sound that difficult a mm-hmm. after all," it it sounds like it's very simple. It's just got to get into the planning part of it. Yeah, definitely. From southwestern Ontario, you have to look at it as um, sort of a road trip adventure, right? Yeah. So it's a road trip to get there, to be there for the adventure to make your way back. But uh, there's so many gorgeous places to stop along the way towards Quetico that that in itself is even worth the drive, right? It break, mm-hmm. it breaks up the trip by yeah. making all these stops. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the next, so um, most of the days we paddled, I would say 10, sometimes 15 kilometers. Those were sort of our average days. Um, 
that's the longest that they could stay in the boat without going squirrely. Um, <laughs> and I mean, it made for, so our paddling speed is um, really fishing speed. Um, not more than three um, because we're trying to fish. Right. Um, and we've caught pike on the trip. We caught, my daughter caught a laker and it was the largest laker I mean, I've never caught a laker that size in Algonquin. Huh. Wow. Like mm. this was the size it was the it was the size of the blade of my paddle. Oh yeah. Wow. Like it was it was a magnificent trout. So um we we did say we wanted to catch walleye and the park staff told us sort of which way to go to catch walleye. So we caught I think three or four small ones on our way in. And again, another uh, it was Rowan Lake and uh, another island campsite gorgeous and i would say that half of our paddle on our way there we were followed by um by an eagle like it was just soar soaring um uh, swooping above us um putting on a show um i don't know it was it was fascinating that was cool i mean I, did you, you see that I, i'm We've seen eagles in uh, Tomogamy and on Lake, Lake, um, Diamond Lake, and but nothing that an eagle that had come so close and followed us for such a long period huh. of time. Yeah, did you see a lot of wildlife on that trip? Um, eagles. We saw eagles and fish. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> no moose or bears or anything like that. We we did not see moose or bears, and both were on our list. Yeah. Now, if they weren't on your list, <laughs> then you would have found them. You <laughs> got to take them all off your list. <laughs> we've actually never seen a moose on any of our trips. Oh, wow. Really? And, like, I'm serious. And the kid, my oldest the other day, um, was saying that he thinks there's just university students that dress up in the summertime that roam around <laughs> through the fort, that they're actually not real. No, no, those are the Bigfoots. <laughs> yes, that's the Bigfoot. Yeah. Big feet? Bigfoot? <laughs> so. <laughs> Wow. No, so we, we didn't see a moose or a bear, but that would have been lovely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's always a highlight is if you can come across to a big animal. Yeah. Yeah. But still, yeah. I mean, having eagles fly and follow you around and stuff, that's it's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. That the was, fishing's yeah, great. Yeah, it was, it was magnificent. And um, from that, from our last night there, we um, it, it actually got a little bit windier. So we were actually able to use our sail. And I think the kids were we were just checking our tripping journal and i think they said we got to 11. Wow. Um, so going going pretty fast wow um yeah it was incredible um huh. so and we made it to the famous pines that everybody talks about um the Puerto famous pines? The pines um and um big sandy beach right at the sort of at the end of Picro lake um gorgeous sandy beach uh pine trees um we stayed there for the night we set up our tent right on the beach uh had the most spectacular sunset what, what's Kids famous to, what's famous about sorry? the pines what's famous about the pines yeah um so um so the pines uh, um so on the pines, okay, so red pines resin was traditionally used to waterproof um, the seams of birch bark canoes and containers. And so you can actually, at the pines, there's pines that actually show the physical scarring on the bark. Oh. Huh. And so those, um, 
the, and those scars would be, you know, dating back to like the fur trade, um, like travel, like to the travel stories. Right. So because the Voyagers went through there through Quetico. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that area has a huge historical uh, mm-hmm. the 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 fur traders. Uh, I think it's Anishinaabe territory up there. Yeah, as well. It is. Um, and uh, was it Louis Riel? The when the troops were heading to war, they were going through there. Something yeah. about that. I remember reading huh. something about that as well. Uh, yeah, so, so there's there's a huge history of travel through Quetico. Huge. And actually, just um, in the last few years, um, the Quetico Park staff and the Quetico Foundation work with the members of Lac LaCroix, First Nations. Yep. And like and researchers from the University of, I think, Wisconsin and Minnesota, um, I believe, on a project to sort of better understand the like the frequency of surface fires um, in the red pines um, and how they also uh, referred back to um, the pines, the fires and the people. Right. Um, there was an actual study and it's on our website as well. If anyone wanted to um, sort of take a closer read on that, it's there as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you start getting into everything about Quetico and I mean, you guys have a lot of it on the foundation page. Um, but you start getting to the history. There's a lot of, I mean, like I say, from our, our side of things with the canoe tripping, that's what we see, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we're worried about things about the boundary waters and the mining and the logging and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, we want to get up there. We want wilderness canoe tripping. But when you start looking into the history of that whole area, it's phenomenal. It really is. Uh, just the things that have happened, the people that have been through there and like, you know, how thousands of years they've been up that way, you know, uh, the geography of the area with waterfalls, all the lakes, um, you know, pictographs. And, and as you say, like with the, the, the famous pine trees and stuff, that's really when you start delving into it. I think that alone should sell you, Derek. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It'd be fascinating just to, just to experience and see the history, you know, Mm -hmm. laid out before you. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it is, it would be a fascinating trip. Just got to get the kids in a car for a long time. (laughs) Duct tape. (laughs) Duct tape. Yeah. (laughs) Duct tape in a trunk. Well, it's actually amazing because part of the Instagram sort of, um, uh, awareness campaign i've started to ask why quetico um just to get stories from people of why they've enjoyed going there and um so far i would say there's uh, the repetition of you can feel the spirit there um, it really takes you to um you get this incredible feeling of just being out there i guess in the heart of the wilderness uh, mm-hmm. being surrounded by true nature and like you said strong the the history that's surrounded by this place and on the whole trip i think that we saw four canoes um and maybe more so once you get to the pines because there's i think four or five campsites right on the pine all right up up until then really four four canoes to four canoes from far in the distance that's not bad yeah that's pretty good that's that's the kind of camping i like and see that's uh, my first big experience with with an area like that was woodland caribou. And 
I like I said, I've, I've, I fell in love with the place. I'd love to go back there. But I think Quetico is actually closer. Well, yeah, then Woodland Caribou. Yeah. 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 So I wouldn't have to go as far. <laughs> Yo, it's a shorter trip. Yeah, see? <laughs> little stop in Sault Ste. Marie, little stop at, uh, or, uh, up at Thunder Bay, little stop at Kakabika Falls. Boom, we're there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, Derek, this has got, got yeah. field trip written all over it. Absolutely. 2022. 2022, send the family. <laughs> so Sean brought up a, a point that I wanted to ask about. Um, so he mentioned about the boundary waters and stuff. So I wonder if, if you know or any experience in the topic regarding, so over the past several uh, presidential terms, there's been a back and forth with regards to mining in boundary waters. And uh, and so there's, there's a, I think it's a copper and something else they want to mine in the boundary waters. Yeah. So there must be some concern about, uh, with Quetico sharing the same watershed, there must be some concern with uh, any outfall from these mines as they, uh, as they go and get, and get the resources. So is there anything you know about that or is there anything you've learned about that? Uh, yes, yeah, so that is a big concern with uh, boundary waters for sure. Um, as part of sort of Quetico Foundation's mission is um, advocacy is also part of our work. And uh, while Quetico Boundary Waters was, um, you know, lobbying um, to have the mining stop and uh, not happen, uh, Quetico Foundation had written a letter to uh, the Prime Minister um, of Canada saying that um, that he should. Um, Step up as um, the mining that those mines would then um, impact um, against the Clean Water Act. And um, as far as I know, um, from I think it just came out last week, is that um, the mines have been put on hold for now. So oh, um, some, some some progress, but um, definitely not out of the woods yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know there was the thing we were we discussed a while back. Um, they were talking about they wanted to stop it. And one of the big things was the Clean Water Act where between the two countries, yes. one yes. can't do something that's going to affect the water in the other on, country. on the other side yeah. in relation to this area especially. Is, yeah. And this would actually have an effect on that. Would have that. violated so, that act. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and I, and I didn't know if anything was actually done about that or is any progress on on that front or not but yeah to hear that they put a hold on it because there was an environmental study that was being done um and then it was said oh we don't need to do that we're good good to go and they're like uh <laughs> Wait a and now all of a sudden it's like yeah that that needs to be done yeah. and a stop needs to be put on everything needs to be put on hold so i guess uh, it's been done that that's that's happened now where everything's on hold so they can do these studies mm-hmm. because i mean that's a lot of pristine area yeah exactly that, you know what if if something goes wrong and you screw it up you can't unscrew it up that mm-hmm. easily yeah, and it's not that we're so desperate for these resources. This is this is uh, this is about making money. This is about the dollar. So they want to companies want to get in there and and mine the easy resources. And I think there's other places that they can head to first before they start uh, mining some of these sensitive areas. Mm-hmm. This is a sensitive watershed. It's uh, it's not something that should be taken lightly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so your trip up there. Your experience at the park itself with the staff and getting permits, getting your route and all that, no issues? No issues at all. 
So um, once I've decided I was going to be going to Quetico, uh, my first step was I purchased my map to sort of take a take a look. Um, then I planned on where we're where we're going to be our stops on our way there and on our way back. Um, and I did involve the kids. I think that's sort of a selling point is um, getting your kids involved to saying, okay, these are some of the places we can stop along the way. What would interest you? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we made those decisions. And then, um, you know, uh, you know what your kids like, right? Did you, yeah. you, and you know what their capability of is of them sitting in the boat for the day, or even in this case, you know, solo paddling. Um, how is that going to look? Um, and, um, yeah, I called the park and they were amazing and sort of saying, okay, well, how many days, how, how long have you been paddled for? Um, and helped me sort out the route. And once I got there, no issues whatsoever, getting the permits, um, and, um, you know, being sort of educated on some, some of the differences in the park and, um, what you needed to do in certain situations and yeah. It's awesome that they're they actually take the time to talk with you when you get there. You oh, know, absolutely. I mean, Algonquin Park is high high traffic area, so they they would be there forever trying to. They could only spend so much time. In yeah. Um, but yeah, to have have somebody sit there and go, okay, you know what, you're you're relatively new at doing this. You want to do this. You want to make sure you got this. You want to make that's perfect. That's yep. like awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I would. The only thing I would suggest is if you do have um, sort of a shuttle coming to pick you up, is that. Um, you arrive a little bit earlier to give staff that 15 minutes so that they don't have to rush through their presentation. Right. You know, while your shuttle is waiting to take you, because um, they do have other um, routes that they need to and other people that they need to drop off. So just uh, keeping that in mind. And if you arrive at the park the night before, sort of sleeping and car camping and starting your route first thing in the morning, you can actually uh, get your backcountry permit the night before have it ready, have already taken that uh, presentation and you're ready to go first thing in the morning. Awesome. So all said and done, it looks like Derek sold on this. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> well, it was an easy sell. I've, I've been wanting to go to the park. I just, I didn't know enough about it. It's uh, it's one of those things I've been putting off doing research because mm-hmm. there's there's so many other parks that I also want to go to. Like, you know, I want to get back to Tomogamy Oh, you want to get everywhere, and, yeah. 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 Uh, do you think you're going to end up back there, Louisa? Uh, so we're planning our trip for this year. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so you just hop on the roof of the car, Derek. Yes. <laughs> Hide under the canoe. <laughs> I'll tell your family you're over here for a couple of weeks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, we're doing podcasting stuff. No, no. Oh, he's up in the bathroom right now. Yeah. I'll tell him you called. <laughs> Yeah, we sat down. I sat down with the kids and I said, you know, we've got to, we got to start planning our trips. What are we doing? Where are we going? And um, Quetico came up a couple of times. So you're hooked. If we're, if we're able to do it, we're not booked yet. Um, as we're sort of, the COVID thing has us all up in, yeah. in the air. Yeah. Um, so we're going to, you know, give it another couple of weeks and um, make pull the trigger. But I think, I think Quetico is going to be it again. That'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. Try, maybe try some different lakes, um, pick a different route. And um, my daughter is uh, obsessed with pictographs right now, so I think maybe Dory Lake um, to take a look at them. Oh, there's nothing like but- like 
paddling your canoe and then searching and then it's a boom somebody sees the first one yeah that's awesome. fascinating that's yeah. awesome yeah uh, yeah if, if you i would say uh, yeah definitely that do something like that that'd be cool mm-hmm. okay yeah. um ready you got anything else to add about paddling through quetico no just uh when you're there really take the time to absorb it and um and take it all in it don't rush yeah. yes yeah yeah well and, and that's part of the thing as well is if you're going that far you're going to want to spend that extra time and just enjoy every minute of it because mm-hmm. the minute the minute you get back to your car at the end of the trip and you're looking at that big 18 hour drive home you're going to be going oh man i wish we were still here for another yeah. couple of days so make it last and enjoy it um awesome that's that's really awesome um let's just go over the uh Quetico portage challenge one last time let's just recap this before we call it a uh, a show here okay um so quetico.foundation.org you can find all the information uh, basically take a picture yourself, go on the, go on the website, find one of the portages, the length, take your canoe through your neighborhood, through a local park, whatever, and take a picture video of yourself portaging that length of that portage and post it with the hashtag Quetico portage challenge. Am I forgetting anything? No, that's it. And all this information is on uh, quetico.foundation.org and a whole lot more information yes. about what the foundation does and, and uh, about Quetico. Uh, Louisa, thank you for coming on this week. It was Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, I learned a, a few new things this week as well. So uh, I found out how to get rid of Derek. Send him to Quetico. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got anything else, Derek? I do not. Really? No more questions? No. I'm, Last uh, chance. I've got too many questions than I can ask here. You're just going to be texting nonsense. Oh, I forgot to ask this. I forgot yeah. to ask that. Yeah, way to go. We might have you on again at some point, Louisa, because Derek's going to have no more problem. questions. <laughs> 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 well, again, thank you uh, very much for uh, for being on this week. Yes, thank you. It was nice having you on. Yeah, thank you for having us. Or us, uh, me. All of us. All of us. <laughs> us. Us says in the Quetico. Large group of one. I hear you. Yeah. Uh, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream our episodes on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. If you go to the episode page at Paddling Adventures Radio, you can listen or download all our episodes, uh, including this one, number 268. And if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends, family, and fellow paddlers. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.